What is good? Welcome to Spiritville Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Is good. Welcome back to the Spirit Filled Real Talk podcast. I am so excited to be with you on today. It is tune in. Tuesday. It is one of my favorite days. I truly love being able to create in this way and share spirit-filled real talk with you. I hope you feel the same. I have recently been traveling literally three back-to-back weeks of traveling, so I've had to be really dynamic and flexible with my recording schedule, but I've made sure to get these Tune In Tuesdays in And it has been so life-giving and there's just been so many nuggets and things that have been building. So I'm happy to share some of those with you today. Now, for those of you that are new, here are a few things that you're going to want to know. One, visit julianapage.com, J-U-L-I-A-N-A-P-A-G-E.com. Visit julianapage.com for literally all the things, for details on the podcast because when you subscribe, I actually send you a free devotional. So make sure that if you have subscribed that you go to the podcast page and you fill out the information there. There is a page that is dedicated just to the books that I've written. So if you are somebody that is sort of like myself where you you find a lot of mentorship through reading and through different people that have shared their stories and shared testimonies, Going to the books page on julianapage.com, you will find that there are actually five different books there that can help you on your journey. There are no particular order, so you can just explore and find what resonates most in this season and get to work. You can find all of those books and they link to Amazon, so you can check out quickly and you can even buy one for a friend. I love doing that too. I find that when you have that hunch, that intuitive hit, if you will, that prompting, to buy something for somebody else that always arrives to them just when they need it most. So never ignore that. There's also different ways to work with me. So there's two ways. I do have some openings for the end of the year to coach with me. So for this last quarter here, I do still have some openings on my calendar to work one-on-one with me. So you can book a consult call to learn about what that would look like and get plugged in. I can't promise you I'll have many more spaces. So make sure that you act on that now and get on the calendar. And then also, there is a way to work with me in a more group setting and also a setting that can meet you at any budget level. And this is a community that is off social media called Courage Co. Okay, so that community is beautiful. There's different challenges that you can get plugged into. There's prayer calls every other week that you can join or you can just listen to the recordings if your schedule doesn't allow it right now. And there's a mastermind that you can plug into as well and get a lot of mentoring and community support from that. So go check out all of those resources. Now, today, what I want to share with you is that you probably need this reminder. I know I do. Courage 
isn't comfortable. I know, I know, I bet you didn't realize that. Courage isn't comfortable. But the funny thing is, we live our lives thinking that it should be. <laughs> We're like, man, I don't want to have this difficult conversation, or this feels really awkward, and I'm just going to ignore it, or I'm just going to put that off because... Well, it just makes me feel uncomfortable and I might fail or I'm just afraid to explore what that would even look like or, or get clear on what that might even mean. But courage isn't comfortable. So what I wanted to do today was share a couple of different stories that would help drive this point home and hopefully pour courage back into you. So the first thing that I want to do, I wanted to share this story and I know this is going to sound maybe weird to you, but it profoundly changed my life. So I had a season of my life where I just started to voraciously read. Like I really wasn't doing that in any other season, but then I just started reading like a crazy person. Like I was just devouring book after book. And I came across somebody that I would identify as a mentor today. His name is Robin Sharma. And he wrote this book. First, he wrote a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. <laughs> And I remember reading it and being like, you know what, like, I just love how this guy is showing up and the wisdom that he's imparting. But it was really about that book specifically was about what you are pursuing and the legacy that you're creating for yourself. And the next book that I found was Who Will Cry When You Die? And I was like, well, dang, like, I thought I was ready for all this personal development, but this is uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I want to read this book, but I actually do because like, it will actually cause me to reflect on my life and that it's not permanent, right? Or that nobody knows how long our lifespan will be ultimately. And to really think about how I want to show up with the life that I do have, because that is a gift. And so thinking about who will cry when you die, I was like, well, dang, well, dang, how do I answer that question? So I just want to offer that when you start to think about your life and assess it from that perspective, it will help you live beautifully and boldly today. So while that might sound scary and like, why would you even contemplate your own death, it's really important. I was sharing with a client this week about this. I remember sharing with her that I had a friend in high school that we were, it was really interesting. We, we would have never crossed paths. Like I was the type of person that was like in athletics and getting the grades and just, you know, checking all the boxes, so to speak. And he was the exact opposite. So we happened to be in a study hall together and he was in it for punishment <laughs> and I was in it to overachieve. So we just were not ever in the same circles or would have never crossed paths, but we started to develop just this playful banter and this like funny connection just from having this shared space. And in my freshman year of college, I found out that he committed suicide. And I just remember thinking, man, like there's here's me like just starting out in my life and trying to figure out like, who am I? Why am I here? How I can make a difference? And here's somebody that I didn't even know was in so much pain or didn't even feel like all of these years potentially out ahead of him were worth living and I had no idea. And that was something that was very difficult to drive home and, and really face and go to this funeral for somebody that I thought just 
had it together, you know, and had it all figured out in a lot of ways and was a very happy human. And that was not the case. So it had me thinking again, like what ultimately matters and the, the impact that I could have imparted into his life was in those sessions, right? It was, it was the laughter that we shared. It was the playful banter that we had, like that impacted his life in a way that maybe some other things did not. It was something that actually like caught his attention and gave him a lift. And to me too, it was really actually very beautiful. So what I can offer is that I know there's, there's a pastor, Joel Osteen, that says that he reads the obituaries every day. He does this as a daily practice to really contemplate his own life and think about what actually matters at the end of the day or what he wants to be written about him, right? So all I am saying here in this first part to drive this to open this message, if you will, or start unpacking it, is that when you start to contemplate your own life, right, and the fact that nobody knows how much life will be given, nobody knows, we, we don't know whether somebody ends up taking their own life, whether, you know, there's a car accident, whether nobody knows what what is promised, right? So when you start contemplating that, the Bible actually says, teach us to number our days. And when you know that you you come from nothing and you return to that, as far as like you come from dust, you're created from that, and that's what you return to in the physical, right? When you think about that, it's other people have said, you know, on the tombstone, there's a dash. And how do you fill that dash, right? How do you fill that gap between the numbers, right? That's what your life is. How do you fill that? But when you start to actually do this work, when you start to sit with these uncomfortable questions, who's going to cry when you die, right? You start to forget about legacy. And legacy is something that a lot of people talk about right up there with purpose. You know, they all want to pursue this legacy and they want to have their name on a monument or they want to have, you know, dedicate, they want to have something dedicated to them or, or whatever, right? Name on a building, something, who knows, right? But forget about legacy for a second, right? When you contemplate your life, you can actually forget about legacy, right? And you can, in, when you do this, you can start living beautifully and boldly today. Because when you contemplate death, it makes being alive more precious, more real, more important, more urgent. You have to be present for it, right? And what that will teach you to do is it will teach you to live now. It will teach you to be present in every moment, one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And it will teach you that you don't necessarily need to do big things to do great things with your life. And you can do great things with your life every single day. (laughs) Every day that you're given, you can do great things with your life. And not knowing that your days are numbered, when we, when we don't know that or when we don't reflect on that, we kind of live haphazardly or we, we take things for granted and we take people for granted, right? And it's really important to, to have that awareness because ultimately what matters is how we conduct ourselves, how decent we are, how we overcome trials, how big we dream while we are alive, and that we live wide open right now. It is never wise to postpone living. Never wise. And the one who serves the best profits the most. Okay? So I just want to hold that up. When you think about 
courage, right? And courage, I believe that I've shared this definition before, but I think that it is so important to hear again because when you hear a definition, sometimes it just brings new language, new context to things. So courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. It's strength in the face of pain or grief, okay? It's it's said to give support, confidence, or hope to somebody. A true definition of courage is mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Okay, so I'm offering that what will increase your courage tank or your capacity to be courageous, the Bible tells us to be strong and very courageous over and over, right? Which means that we're going to face trials of many kinds. We're going to be put in situations where we're going to have to choose to persevere <laughs> and withstand danger and fear and lots of difficulty, right? That's the norm. That's why we're told to be strong and very courageous. But when you contemplate your death and when you contemplate death in general, it actually increases your capacity for courage because it gets you to focus on what matters most, okay? Which is what I want to bring you to next is focusing on what matters most. So I, as a master certified life coach, also walk my talk by hiring coaches and hiring people to help me too, whether that's been therapists and spiritual advisors and coaches and all the people. <laughs> I, I walk my talk in that way. So I was working with my coach and I got some coaching on having a difficult conversation. So I have been brought in to consult and, and really shift the narrative of a space. And the first few months have been very rocky in a lot of ways, because in the first few months of any new thing, you're just assessing the land and really surveying the territory and learning how things are operating there and what's happening and the vision and the culture and all the things, right? So the influence is being able to really be willing to learn and be willing to embrace and be willing to absorb the new, right? Now, where it starts to get tricky is when there's conflict or when there's discrepancies or when there's things that, that don't line up and you're seeing ways that things can be done differently, but you don't necessarily have a voice or a place to influence, so you think, yet, right? So what can start to happen is you're like, well, is it worth sharing? Do I share? What would I even say? Is it going to make a difference? Like, and you can get in this space. So for example, in my own situation, I had coaching about what was going on in this atmosphere and what I have resolved are, are some solutions to, to get healthy change and to really take care of people and really progress this particular business and where it's going. And so while I was coaching, this coach asked me two questions that were super powerful. One, how will you know if it's, if it's worth it to share? How will you know that it's worth it to share? Like, is it worth it to share? How will you know? First question. And then two, if you know, like, when will you know it's a good time to share? Okay, so is it worth sharing? And when will you know it's time to share? And then 
developing that further, how will you share it or what will be your approach to do that? So literally this was happening in 20 minutes. Okay. So like I'm serious <laughs> in my sessions, you can change your life in like a very, that's what I love coaching so much. Like you can change your life in just a few minutes. It's wild. So at any rate, I could offer that to you too. Courage, what this coach was offering me was that courage isn't comfortable. She's like, <laughs> I'm, you know, giving you all the blessings and going out and in in, in doing this and all the courage to do it, although I don't think you're going to need it. Like, it seems like you're straight. You're very clear. You've got this. Um, it makes sense. And I'm sure it was just helpful for you to talk out, which 100% it was. But what I could offer to you is that when you are in a similar situation where you, you are facing a, a time where you need to confront something, whether this is like with yourself, this could be with a partner, this could be at a job, this could be in your business, this could be with a coworker, this could be many different situations. The tendency as humans is to avoid, to ignore, to deny, to numb, to repress, to hide, to play small, to vent, to murmur, to complain, to gossip, to do all of the things, but the one thing <laughs> that's gonna make the difference, okay? So if you find yourself in a situation similar to any of what I just described, these are questions you can take this coaching on as your own. Number one, how will you know it is worth it to share? Is it worth it to share? Okay. Number two, if you know and you've got that clarity that it is worth it to share, when will you know it is a good time to share? Is there ever a good time to share? Okay. And then three would be how would you approach that? And if you want to add on to it, Four would be, what is the result that you are hoping for and why? So you can take these questions. I encourage you to take a screenshot of this podcast as you're listening and go back and re-listen. So if you're driving or something, you can't write these down, you actually write these questions down and that you practice them because you can reuse them. Okay, so you can use these in any conversation. Is this worth sharing? Okay, when is a good time to share? How will I go about doing it? And what is the result that I'm after? Because the more you are, are doing this work on the front end, there's no guarantee of the results. I will preface with that. However, you will present differently having done this work. And you will be more clear and you will know that you gave it all you got and you did it from a place of neutrality, meaning you weren't trying to like force or push any kind of agenda. You weren't doing it from emotion. You were just doing it for the genuine good of advancement or progress or evolution, whatever that is, right? And to serve, okay? Those are very different ways of showing up. When we do things from emotion, a lot of times we make a mess. <laughs> when we do things when we're tired, we usually don't say things as well as we could when we are centered, right? So it's really important. And I'm sharing this example because it takes courage to sit in things that are uncomfortable and things that you don't feel are right and things that you think need change. It takes courage to sit in that and to assess it and to get clear on what is happening there and what is my role in that and what am I going to do about it, if anything, and who am I going to take that to and what is my, my part in, in changing this for the good, if anything. It takes courage to do that, whether that's over a matter of weeks, months, years, whatever it is. I know that I typically call this staying 
power. It takes courage to stay in things that are uncomfortable and that you don't feel that you are benefiting from in any kind of way. However, you know it's the right thing to do and you know that God is leading you to do that and that God is working on something. So, so important. So that's another example that I have for you. And then two huge, oh goodness, two huge homework assignments around courage that you can do are assessing, number one, this question. I was working with another client and we were talking about being all in, (laughs) okay? So if you think about it, you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that only wants to give you 10%. You'd be like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't need to be in a relationship. Like, I'll just do me. Like, I don't need to be in a relationship with anybody that can't give me anything. That has nothing to bring to the table, right? You'd be like, nope. However, we get ourselves in a lot of situations where people aren't all in. They're not fully committed, okay? And a lot of people have never actually, if they're willing to admit it, key, they're willing to actually admit it, okay? People have not actually been all in on anything or anyone. It's been like halvesies, okay? Or like sort of, kind of, but like never all in. There's no skin in the game, okay? So what I could offer when it comes to being courageous is ask yourself these questions. Number one, have I ever been all in on anything in my life? All in, like no plan B, no backup plans, no alternatives. Like I am in this thing whatever it takes. Have you ever been all in? Like burn the boats, there's no going back, I'm all in. Okay? Question number one. Number two, what, if anything, do you want to be all in on? What is worth, if anything, you being all in on? Okay, so I'll give you an example of this. The way... I was raised, which is similar to many people, now that people are actually sharing their stories and vocalizing it, I really struggled with a lot of what I have language for today, abandonment, betrayal, childhood trauma, lots of wounds, okay? But what I learned was that, okay, although other people might not be all in for me, I will be that person, okay? So where I got in big trouble, I was waiting on people to let me know that I was valuable, to let me know that I was useful, that I was helpful, that my life mattered. And that got me in big trouble. Okay, it really had me struggling and in a lot of pain for many, many years. And I didn't even know how to get out of that or like what was the cause of that. But there there was a time where I just decided, right? Like if nobody is going to be all in for me and nobody really can be, I will be that person and it will make all the difference. And I was just determined to show up fully for myself and to learn how to do that. Now, I had no idea how to do that. I will tell you that. But I was determined to learn because I knew that if I learned just that, then I would be able to advocate not just for myself, but for other people. And that truly mattered to me. And it truly mattered for the work that I'm on this earth to do. And so if I never learned how to be all in for me, I would never be able to serve at the highest capacity that I can serve. Okay? So asking those questions, like that's the example of what I'm all in on. Okay? So 
you can say too that you're actually all in with God. That's another example in my story, right? Like I, I felt like I had been pursuing all the things and trying to run after all the things that I thought were right, but I never actually went all in on a relationship with God. And so I decided to do that and that changed everything, right? So consider that for your own life because that will take courage to answer. And then another huge thing to answer in terms of when you are contemplating your life and recognizing that courage isn't comfortable. If at the end of your life, you know, somebody could ask you this, how would you answer? And you don't have to answer now, but I encourage you to take this to your journal, take this to your coach, take this to me and we can work together. (laughs) But ask yourself at the end of my life, what are the big five? What are the five things that ultimately I would say matter? Okay, so I have turned this into things that I want to major in in life. Okay, so if I kind of reverse engineer, if I'm looking at the end of my life and I'm saying these are the five things that matter, then I want to major in those things while I'm living so that I actually get to that result. Okay, so for example, I really wanted to major in love. I learned a lot of un- I learned a lot of conditional love. I learned a lot of habits that were not good in relationship, but I really wanted to learn unconditional love and God's love. I wanted to learn this so that I could actually be a vessel of that in the world. I wanted to major in that. I wanted to learn how to serve and lead well. That's very, very important. How to impact people for good. I wanted to learn that. I wanted to learn how to really be joyful, right? I wanted to to learn how to cultivate my energy. That's very important to me. I wanted to learn how to do that. So I started to think about what really mattered. Not so much, again, legacy and something that people will will forget or that, you know, that that won't remain in their heart in any kind of way or impact them in in any kind of way. What can I truly sow that's cultivated from within that will make all the difference? Okay, so I encourage you to think about that. What are your big five? Okay, at the end of your life, if you could say these are the five things that matter What are those five things? And get busy about living those every day. That will help you be courageous in how you live your life and what you give voice to and what you don't and how you conduct yourself and who you surround yourself with and and what you speak, right? And how you communicate and and the the visions and, and the programs and the projects that you stand behind, right? This will make a huge difference in making decisions for those things. And what I can leave you with today is that this often comes down to trust, okay? So when you're thinking about courage, what I could offer is a lot of times when we're not courageous, it's because we're full of fear and we can choose to convert that energy into trust. So Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. This is a formula to be courageous. 
and to be willing to be uncomfortable. When you are willing to just trust, right? To sacrifice your discomfort, to trust, God will lead you everywhere you go and you will be rewarded for that. Proverbs 16 also says, before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not yourself. Then every plan you make will succeed. I love that. And lastly, Proverbs 19 says, a person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. So, <laughs> friend, as you're listening, I want to remind you that courage is not comfortable, but courage is worth it. And everything in your life that matters is going to require you to be strong and very courageous. Okay, so think about those things. Again, what are your big five? Another example that I had, I really recognized in my life that I had been building my life on fear and I wanted to build my life on faith and learn to really develop my faith. So faith, love, service, excellence or integrity, joy, right? If you just started to major in those, you would have an entirely different life and that is available for you. But you have to be willing to forsake your comfort to explore these deep, intimate places with God so that you can experience new levels of breakthrough and transformation that you've never experienced in your entire life and it will unlock that for other people as well. It is always worth it, but yes, it is uncomfortable. Don't be surprised. You absolutely have this. All right, everybody. Again, a reminder, make sure that you go and visit julianapage.com. All the resources to connect and develop are over there. And until next time, stay blessed.